I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello guys and welcome back to Fight Like a Girl. Lovely to have you all back with us. I'm Rav and I'm coming to you from my bedroom again. Hi guys, it's Ella here and I am once again in my wardrobe. So still very much in lockdown, aren't we Rav? We won't talk about that. This is not going to be that kind of episode. That's right. We're going to pick up the mood a bit this time. I know we've, you know, gotten a bit down in the dumps on the situation that some of us are in right now, but we're going to try and keep it positive, keep it light and breezy. Yeah, and I think we're going to probably be having a bit of a different episode today to what we normally do. Uh, we've actually got a man down this week. That's right. Our resident Kiwi is absent today but we're looking forward to having her back with us next week yeah feel better be thinking of you thinking of you love you so ella how's your week been what have you been up to this week it's been okay um what have i been doing working trying to keep spirits up with phone calls to friends and family and whatnot um yeah how about you yeah it's been about the same up and down i almost bought a puppy on the weekend oh my god what stopped you just, you know, common sense. <laughs> I was almost going to pay this deposit for this puppy. And then I just had this moment of like, this is not an impulse purchase. This is like, a, it's not like a one-time thing. No, I mean, it's forever, right? It's commitment, yeah. It's at least, you know, 10, 15 years of your life. So like, I love pets. Don't get me wrong. Anyone who's listening, don't come at me for saying this, but We've been talking about lockdown being the biggest cock block. Could you imagine having like a newborn puppy? (laughs) 
There'd be ways around that, you know. Yeah, but I don't think having like a puppy scratching at your door would be the big, it would be the biggest mood kill. I'd just be like, (laughs) just stop. I never really thought about that, but I guess uh, if you've, hey, if you've had a puppy and you've had to navigate sexy time around a puppy scratching at your door or jumping on the bed while going at it, let us know. Is it a complete buzz kill or can you make it work? Is that the only reason why you're not getting the talk wrap? (laughs) No, that's not the only reason why. It is because I'm like, I live on my own. And right now it's easy to sometimes get tunnel visioned by lockdown life. Yeah. But I just had to remind myself that it's not going to be like this forever. So that's right. When it, lockdown's not a thing, I lead a very busy social you life. Do. It would just be mean. I just couldn't do that. I couldn't that's leave right. a dog yeah. at home. Yeah. I just had a moment of just sensibility. Yeah. That's good. I think it's a sensible decision. And it's, you know, if you don't have the, time typically to dedicate to all the things that come with being a pet owner then I think that's a wise decision wait till you're ready or your circumstances are a little bit different so actually Rob, I just had a thought didn't you have a dog with your ex-partner you're acting like this is a really new thing for you but I swear you had a dog with your ex-husband I actually did you're right so it's it's not a new thing to me getting a dog but it's a new thing doing it on my own I know you alluded to a little bit of that story last episode. We actually had a couple of people ask about that because I feel like you sort of glossed over the fact that you have been married and divorced (laughs) at your very young age. Um, I had a couple of questions about that if you didn't mind. Yeah. What do you want to know? I kind of want to know everything. I mean, how how long have you been divorced? Okay. So I have been divorced for about a year. Okay. Wow. So it's still pretty fresh. Yeah. I mean, in, in Australia, obviously, you know, you can't get divorced the minute you separate. So we've actually been separated for over two years now, but the formal divorced status, if you want to call it that, has been about a year. So it's it's been not that long, but kind of has as well, if that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. Wow. And um, how? Well, maybe we'll start at the beginning. How did you guys meet? Interesting story. Um, I actually met him on Tinder. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this was back in 2015. Tinder, I think, has a bit of a reputation for itself now for being a bit Mm. of a platform where people are just out looking for like a quick hookup. And it definitely wasn't that when I first used it because I obviously met somebody that I had a very serious relationship with off there. And Mm. our friend circle actually there were quite a few of them that had met off Tinder and they're still t- together today. So wow, it wasn't, I wonder what, sorry, I was just going to say, I wonder what the tipping point was when it, I guess when other, maybe when other dating apps started entering the market, I'm guessing in 2015, it was still relatively new to some people. It kind of blew up the stigma around meeting somebody quote online yeah. for a lot of people. They, they genuinely did meet someone that they could spend their life with. But um, unfortunately, over the years, I think it's turned into a bit of a hookup side, as you said. Um, Not to go off topic here a little bit, but yeah, I don't know if I am big on dating apps now because of that. I just feel like having met somebody on there already and also just my exposure to dating apps since being single, it just doesn't have that same sort of the connection that you form is just nicer in person. but. Obviously, in lockdown, that's impossible, isn't it? Yeah, and each to their own. Like it's, I, I, as you said, you've got a few friends that have mm-hmm. met and married on um, dating apps and whatnot, and I have as well. Some of my best friends have met their 
partners and their fiancés and whatnot on being, is it, oh, binge, oh, God, <laughs> I can see, I can tell that I'm been watching a lot of TV, hey, in Ella. a relationship <laughs> and also watching a lot of TV. <laughs> by the way, this is not sponsored by binge. Yeah. Um, what are they called? Uh, hinge. Bumble. Plenty of fish. Do people actually still use that? I don't know. I've never used plenty of fish, but I actually have a really good friend of mine who met his partner. They're not together anymore. But I was gobsmacked when he told me that they met on Plenty of Fish because I've heard some horror stories from that as well. I think it's just timing. Timing is everything in the world, isn't it? I, I agree. Yeah. it's the Everyone's going through different stages of their lives and it's like whether you kind of align, it, it makes all the difference. And it's like so much of it is just luck and chance, I honestly think. So... So just going back a bit, Rav, obviously you did find you had a connection with this person that you met on Tinder. How early into the piece did you kind of know that this was someone you might potentially fall in love with and a and I guess then eventually marry? Honestly, it was pretty quick. It I'm definitely one of those people that typically doesn't fall too hard too quick. This was the total opposite. Like I just remember after our first couple of dates, I just felt like something was different. He really got me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As much as we're not together anymore, I have to say that the best date that I've ever been on was one of the very first dates that I had with him. What was that? It was like a whole day event where we went and did the spit to manly walk first and then he dropped me off home and was like, you know, dress up really nice for dinner and then like left me because we obviously weren't living together at the time. And yeah. Because you just met. What, you guys don't do that? (laughs) And then, yeah, he came and picked me up in the evening and took me home and I to his house. And I immediately, because we weren't in a lockdown then, so you didn't have to be chilling at home all the time. So I immediately thought to myself, oh, of course. I got a bit worried that he was just trying to like. Get you into bed. Basically. Yeah. He decked out the backyard with like fairy lights had there was like this little shed that he'd turned into like a little makeshift restaurant basically oh my gosh this is crazy that this is what I'm still so impressed by but he'd like handmade baba ganoush wow well I I guess that's quite it's a lot like who does that yeah it's a lot I'm sorry I'm gonna put you on the spot has Toby ever done something like that for you he has never made homemade baba ganoush and now I have a brain to pick with him (laughs) Rav thanks for bringing this to my attention I'm sorry Toby No, well, just like, I mean, how old will you guys have been? Like, it's pretty impressive for someone, I guess, I'm guessing in like a guy eh, in in their like mid-20s. Yeah. How old was I when we met? Hang on. Let me do the math real quick. Uh, Yeah, we were 26. Pretty young still. Yeah. And you know what I'm like. When I get into my dating mindset, I go on a lot of dates. Mm, You do. It's quite a production. Like, you've got a schedule. and I've got a roster. Not the kind of roster we put up on Instagram, not that sort of roster, but like a dating (laughs) roster. Yeah, I was doing the same sort of thing then. Mm. You were pretty impressed when he... Absolutely. I was just like, (laughs) okay, like you've got my attention. Very attentive is probably the best way to put it. Because I remember having a conversation with my mum very early after I'd met him. And I was saying how... I've never met someone who remembers all the things that I say to them as much as he does. And he would always like bring up things. And I don't know if this is a girl thing or if this is a me thing, but 
those sorts of things go a long way for me. Oh, me too. I think it's a definitely a girl thing. Like it, you know, proves that they're actually listening to you and value what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Ticks all the boxes, definitely. Yeah. Um, wow. And so obviously he was pretty keen on you if he's going to that sort of effort as well. So early on, how quickly did things progress from there? Like you guys kept dating for a while. Did you move in soon after? What, what's the story? We dated for about I think seven-ish months maybe before we moved in together. Some would say that's quite quick, but the reason why it moved so quickly was because we were actually seeing each other every single day. So it just made sense. We were spending like every night together anyway. Why wouldn't we just move in together and save money instead of paying rent in two places? We then got engaged after being together for about a year and a half, I think it was. Again, still quite quick, but it felt right. I think 18 months is pretty standard. I don't think that that's too fast at all. And I agree with you. Like when you, you're seeing each other at least every day, it kind of expedites the, the get to know you. So I totally get that. When you went on those dating apps, was that like the end goal for you? Were you looking for a husband? I think the short answer to that is yes, I was. Yeah. But there's an underlying reason for that. Like I've touched on before, my background's Indian and culturally I was getting a lot of pressure. I was just about to ask that. I thought, you know, is culturally, was there a bit of pressure from your parents back home to... Yeah. And thinking back to that time in my life, it was like a constant them trying to set me up with people and I didn't want to go down that route. Like a lot of people in my family have had arranged marriages and I was very much not on board with that. So they were kind of like, well, what the hell are you doing? Why aren't you finding someone for yourself? I felt a lot of pressure because I've got quite a big family. So I think for my parents, you know, it kind of like probably didn't help them as well, seeing people who are like my age progressing along the the timeline in air quotes. At 26. (laughs) I think back on that now and I'm like, God, that was just insane. I'm 32 now and I don't feel like I'm ready, let alone at 26. Totally. Yeah, it's a lot to put on someone's shoulders at 26, but I appreciate that that's, you know, the culture. And and I don't want to point the finger and be like, this is your fault, you know, that this happened to me. But I think I was a bit blind to some of the red flags that I should have been wary of because I had like an end goal in mind as well. Was it important to your family that the person you chose be of the same background as you? I actually had never dated someone who was Indian prior to my ex. Wow. Even though my parents were definitely very clear that they needed me to be with someone who was the same background, they've very much changed their stance on that now. But at the time they were like, no, no, no. If, if this person's not Indian, like that's not happening. And I say this to my parents all the time. And I think this is what finally, you know, won my battle against them of stop giving me like conditions of who this person needs to be. Like probability wise, think about it. Do the bloody math. Where are minority? What do you not understand about that? Where am I going to find this person? Yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, I get so fired up about this. But like, do not bring me to a country where I then have to go to school. I was the only Indian kid at my school. So where the fuck oh do you goodness. think I'm going to find this person? Talk about yeah. setting a bloody mission that I'm going to fail. <laughs> fuck me like it was just the worst and I'm not one of those people that's like oh no I'm just only attracted to this type of person I'm attracted to everyone and anyone right which is great which is great so it's like well it's not making it easier for me when I'm finding people outside of that bubble attractive so did you kind of feel like when you met this person 
that you'd found a bit of a unicorn in that A, your parents were going to be happy because he was had an Indian background. B, you obviously were attracted to him and he ticked all of your boxes. Did that almost guide you to be like, yep, let's do this because you felt like you were making everyone mm-hmm. happy? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Absolutely. I did think he was a unicorn and I never vocalized that, but I remember him saying that to me. Wow. And it's funny because I would say his upbringing wasn't as Indian as mine. So did he not Did he not have uh, the same pressures that you had? Did his parents want him to also meet in, a woman of Indian background or...? I actually don't know because I wasn't super close with his family. So I never really met his dad because he passed away before he and I ever met. But his mum and I did not get along. So I don't ever really feel like I got a proper understanding of their upbringing and stuff. So it was a very dysfunctional relationship, I'd say. Dysfunctional in the sense between you and his mother or you and him or both? (laughs) It started off being dysfunctional between me and his mum and I thought that I could talk to him about that. I thought I was doing the right thing by going to him rather than his mum about it because he would kind of be the bridge in between. And yeah, it just got to a point where he started to then side with her and I don't know how that happened or when that happened, but I remember specifically a time where one of their family friends had passed away and we had to go to the funeral and he was making comments about what I was wearing and was saying, why don't you have a dress to wear? And all of my black dresses are like, you know, Mm. going out dresses, not something that would be appropriate to wear to a funeral. And I tried to say that to him. He was just not having a bar of it and it just got to a point where I was like, this isn't about me. Somebody has passed away. Why are you making this about me? Totally. I got a message from his mom asking how far off we were. And I just replied saying that I wasn't going to go because he was making an issue out of what I was wearing. And I just think it was best if I didn't go. She wrote back, just make him happy. Oh my God. Yeah, it was very inappropriate. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I have so many thoughts running through my head. With that sort of tension between you and his mum, did the cracks start to appear in other parts of your relationship? Yeah. If I could put it down to two things, it would literally be the relationship with his mum and the lack of boundaries there. And I'll get into that in a second. And then the second thing would be his constant body shaming of me. Wow. Okay. All of these things you're saying are horrendous, like massive red flags, and you got them all in one go. This is awful. So the body shaming. I mean, actually, let me ask. Let me first ask you this. So no one obviously gets engaged or gets married with the goal of eventually getting divorced. Mm-hmm. I'm sure neither of you went in with that in your head. I always wonder, like, how quickly things change when someone does get married. Um, because how long were you guys married for? We were married for just over two years. Okay. Wow. And you mentioned body shaming. How soon into the relationship did that start? Was that before you guys got married or did that start afterwards? I feel like it started before we got married in weird ways. Like we went on a trip to Queenstown. I have grown up in North Queensland, not really seen a whole lot of snow in my life. And we went snowboarding and I was obviously very shit because I'd never done it before in my life. I remember him saying to me that the reason why I wasn't enjoying it as much was because 
I needed to lose weight and it would help me get off the ground quicker. (laughs) What? Oh my God. This is almost comical. I shouldn't laugh about it now. I know it's not funny. I I just remember at the time I, and I look back on that now and I'm like, I wasn't even fat then. (laughs) Then Rav, please. It's like our bodies go up and down, whatever. But like, I actually remember that point in my life and I loved my body then. You know what I mean? It's crazy how, because at the time I did believe it. I was like, oh shit, maybe he's right. Oh my God. I just can't believe that he made you feel that way. I'm so sorry. And I'm guessing it just got worse from there. I think probably the worst was when we were married at this point and he came into our ensuite when I was in the shower in the morning and he just looked at me with the most disgusted look on his face. Can you imagine that? You're in the shower, you're naked, the most vulnerable you're probably going to be other than having sex, right? And someone looks at you like that. Are we talking the classic slow up and down look in disgust? that. Oh, my God. From that point onwards, I just stopped leaving the door unlocked when I would go into the bathroom. Like, fuck off. Don't even look at me at this point. Would he start to make comments about, you know, you eating or what you were, what, what, what would he say? It was, you know, if we would go out to dinners, it was commenting on what I was going to order, making sure it wasn't bigger than what he was going to order because I'm a, I'm a girl, <gasps> so I should be eating less than him. What? And... Oh my God. Basically any opportunity he got, it was always coming back to that. If I didn't feel good about going somewhere, oh, you you mustn't feel good about it because you think you don't look good because you need to lose weight. What the fuck? I'm really active now and I work out Mm. a lot, but I wasn't always like this. And I hated working out at one point and I would try and make an effort. This is so pathetic hearing myself talk back about this now, but it's like, I would try and make an effort to show him that I was trying to do something about it. So if I was going to go for a walk, he would be like, that's not even exercise. If you're going to go do something, go for a run. And I would just be like, fuck, can I do anything right? Wow. This this is awful, Rav. And it's not pathetic. Like I've, I know what you mean where you, you've, you've, we've been, you've been belittled to a point where you have no self-esteem anymore. And you're like, it's this weird Stockholm syndrome thing where you're like trying to show them that you're prove to them that you're doing exercise and to make them happy and it's just awful one one last comment I just had this it's like everything's coming back to me now this is crazy but I remember this one time this is probably the worst actually and this was very close to when our relationship ended he had been at work I had gone to the supermarket to get something and you know Coles had those little collectible grocery items I wasn't even collecting them, but I'm such a sucker for when somebody is like, oh, you just need to spend like this much more and we'll give you this. I'm the worst for that shit. I get sucked into it all the time. So I had bought a few things and the guy at the checkout was like, oh, you've just got to like spend a couple more dollars if you're collecting the coals, whatever they're called. And I turned around behind me and you know how they have those things on the end of the aisles, impulse bars, whatever they're called. And I turned around and I saw Pringles. They were the first thing in front of me. So I grabbed a packet of Pringles and that pushed me over and I got my little coals collectibles. Got about the damn Pringles after that point. He comes home from work, opens the pantry, sees the Pringles, looks at me me shakes his head and I was like what I was so confused I was like I don't even know what the fuck's happening right now and he's like why'd you buy Pringles I tried to explain to him why I bought them and then he just didn't believe me and goes I thought you were meant to be eating healthy and I was like 
they're not even open. Oh my god, it's just horrific. One thing after the other. Yeah. If anyone listening is their boyfriend says these things to them, get out now. Run. This is run. Run. Yeah. I do not condone any of this. This is horrific. It's just so awful to hear that you were treated like this, Rav. Did you tell anyone at the time that he was saying these things to you and making you feel this way? I did talk to some of my friends about it, but I didn't really share a whole lot of this with my family because it's embarrassing. I didn't want to give somebody else an opportunity to talk about my body. So I just didn't really talk much about it. I would say most of the conversations that I had were with my friends or I'd try and have them with him, which never really led anywhere. So you tried to say to him, what when you say these things, it hurts me? Many times. His response was always, we're young. We deserve to be with people that we're attracted to. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. It just gets worse and worse the more we go on. Oh my God. And then would you just, I guess you ha- you can't really say anything to that, can you? I would just cry a lot. I just remember crying a lot. Oh, right. But it's like, I mean, it sounds depressing. I know. And the reason I can talk about it like this now is because I'm not that person anymore. If anyone thinks yeah. that they can ever treat me like that again, there's no way. Oh God. I mean, the woman that I know is so strong and, you know, you won't take anyone's shit. I'm really sad to hear that that was part of your life, but I'm also really proud to see that the woman you are today and that you won't let anyone treat you like that again not that any of this is your fault I've certainly got similar situations of relationships that I was in where I should not have tolerated what I tolerated and I'm sure a lot of people listening also have their own similar story of bad relationships with bad people but yeah I'm I'm just so glad that you've come out of it and that you're you know your self-worth mm. and how amazing you are now so when all this was going on did part of you start to think I I'm not going to tolerate this like how can I stay married to a person like this where was your headspace at I hate to admit this but I didn't think about leaving you know in the heat of the moment you sometimes say things like you know that insinuate that you might leave or whatever but was I seriously considering leaving him no I, I wasn't I knew we needed help and I wanted to go down the route of maybe seeing like a couple's counsellor or something like that, but he wasn't really open to that. So we did have a conversation about that. I know last episode we were talking about money and stuff and, you know, just the comments that I was getting from him, I actually didn't feel secure about my future with him. It's hard to feel like someone's going to stick by your side if they're constantly picking you to pieces. So I started to think about protecting myself and I said to him that I wanted to get a binding financial agreement. Sorry for anyone who's not familiar with what that is. It's basically a post-nup. Oh. If you're in a position where you're already de facto or you're already married, it's basically serves the same purpose as a prenup. So I said that to him because I was in a position then where I was earning a lot more money than him. I said that I wanted to get a binding financial agreement and he was like what are you gonna leave me Mm. and I was like no but I don't have any faith in you right now because of the way that you're treating me absolutely so we had that conversation it was literally I think about three weeks after that that we were no longer together what happened I mean I it seems like it was all quite abrupt in the end Mm. About two weeks before we split up, it was my brother's wedding. We came back to Sydney and the week after that was my birthday. 
we had planned, it was my 30th, so we'd planned a trip with some friends to the Hunter Valley. And we actually had a really huge fight going to the Hunter Valley because he had been in New Zealand for a work trip. We had already agreed that we were going to take that Friday off. We both traveled quite a bit for work at the time. So I was understanding that these things can happen. But he then told me that he wasn't going to be coming back to Sydney until basically like Friday afternoon. And he told me that the day before. And I was really annoyed about that because I was like, you could have told me earlier and I wouldn't have taken the day off. For sure. I later found out that the reason why he came back late was because he basically wanted to sleep in. So he got a later flight out of New Zealand. I picked him up from the airport and we were going to be driving straight to the Hunter Valley from there. The whole way up, he was just the biggest jerk. I hate name calling, you know, like just started making all these comments about how things weren't right and things were just shit. And I just couldn't believe that this conversation was happening on the way to like my birthday trip. And then like the minute we were in front of other people, it was like a switch had flipped and he was just like his normal chirpy, happy self. And then the minute we were in private, he just wouldn't even talk to me. What? Yeah, it was bizarre. It was the most bizarre bizarre behavior I've ever seen. It was the worst birthday I've ever had. To this day, I struggle to talk to my friends about it who were there that weekend because if you saw the way that he was around them, if you see the photos from that day, you wouldn't even pick that that's what he was doing in private. Mm. It was just nuts. I remember on the way home it was the day after my birthday he actually said to me that he thinks I should get an Airbnb on your way home he said you you should get an Airbnb like move out of the house I was so confused where is this coming from right are you seriously breaking up with me because I had a go at you for coming home from New Zealand like yeah that's what it felt like would have seemed like right all the body shaming and shit aside this was the issue on hand right now I booked an Airbnb oh my god I stayed at the Airbnb one night and he was basically like, come back, we'll work this out. What? Yeah. (gasps) Really? In the space of just to, because I know I've rambled, I'm sorry, guys. From the space of the birthday trip to me going back to Townsville for a weekend was about six or seven days max. So I've gone back to Townsville and it's my sister-in-law's birthday. He at this point is now again being all weird on the phone and like I can tell something's off. The day before I was due to fly back to Sydney, I got a phone call Mm -hmm. from him and he was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving. Yeah. I just, I just don't remember what I said I actually don't know what I said back to him I can't remember what I said it's just been singed out of my memory (laughs) wow and so what happened from there you got on your flight to go back to Sydney yeah so I came back to Sydney actually wait before I get to that part I don't know why I thought to do this but the first thing I did was go onto Instagram to see if I could pull up his profile blocked Facebook (gasps) blocked Logged into internet banking, money gone. (gasps) It was as if he had made a list of all of the things that he needed to do. And the last thing on the list was call Rav. Oh my God. That is so chilling and calculated and horrific. It was nuts. I flew back and I just didn't know what I would be walking into. Of course. And then when I did walk in, he just moved out. There was his, like half the shit was gone. You were essentially ghosted by your own husband yeah pretty much because I never I never spoke to him again after that so awful so from a closure perspective you never really got that yeah I definitely didn't get any closure from him but 
I just kind of had to give it to myself. Of course. And so what happened from there? Did you have, you know, family and friends intervening or trying to talk sense into him or get anything out of him as to why he decided to do this? I think it was about a week after he left. My parents flew down to Sydney to sort of help me get everything that I needed out of the house because we had quite a traditional wedding in Indian culture. If something like that is happening where like a marriage is breaking down, usually, you know, both sides of the family will have a sit down like a mediation kind of thing good one yeah like a mediation and surprisingly he agreed to go to that I don't know why it was the most humiliating like experience of my life oh Rav I mentioned his dad passed away before he and I got together in terms of like a male of the family it was one of his older cousins he asked a question you know what's going on like simple question. Why did this happen? His response was, oh, we fight too much. He was like, what do you guys fight about? Oh, we fight about cleaning. What was his response? And then his mom turns around and goes, yeah, she fights with him about the Tupperware containers. She's got so many Tupperware containers, but she gets mad if he uses the wrong one. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so petty and trivial. These are just like, yeah, weird idiosyncrasies people have in their relationships it's hardly grounds for a divorce yeah and his cousin actually said that mate I've been married this many years and I still fight with my wife about that and his reply Mm. to that was I'm not wasting my whole life on something like that I'm not wasting another day the minute he said that it was like a like switch just flipped inside me and I went from being really sad and wanting to do whatever I could to make it work even at that point I'll be Mm. the first to put my hand on my heart and admit that I was still at that point where I wanted to make it work but the minute he said that and I heard those words come out of his mouth I was just like I'm done and that's what gave me that closure I don't know if this is if for any therapist listening I don't know if this is the healthiest way to do it but it worked for me (laughs) oh my god this is so much I can't believe you went through that. Yeah, it's a lot. I never thought that I'd be at the age that I am now and have, you know, gone through all of that. I've had breakups with boyfriends that have been more civilized than that. I'm sure you've had like breakups with like just casual hookups that were more. Yeah. If anything, it's just, it's just taught me so much. That's all you can really take away from the situation. For sure. Well, like I said before, Rav, you're an incredible person and you've, achieve so much and you should be really proud of the person that you are and I'm glad that you're out of that now and you know your self-worth you know it's really important that you that people talk about these kinds of things because I'm sure while everyone's circumstances might not be exactly the same I'm sure everyone listening can relate in some capacity to what you've just said so I really appreciate you being so raw and honest with us today Rav. Thanks Ella and yeah I really hope that you know somebody's gotten something out of this didn't mean to just do a big dump on everyone today but (laughs) (laughs) I think you know the, the whole purpose of you know I think when we came out with this podcast we said straight off the bat that we wanted to be really raw about everything that we spoke about anyone that knows us knows that this is how you and I usually are when we're together we go off on a little bit of a tangent so yeah it's been good no it has well thank you again for sharing and um if any of you out there listening have your own horror stories or cautionary tales to share Mm -hmm. please and you feel comfortable sharing them please do just drop us uh, a note in um our dms and we will keep you anonymous but I think sometimes talking about it talking sharing war stories and sharing horror stories is sometimes 
really cathartic and it makes you feel a little bit better that you're not alone yeah. and that someone else has kind of gone through what you've gone through. Absolutely. So absolutely welcoming anyone's stories if they're happy enough to share. And just to end things on a bit of a high so we're not leaving everyone with another doom and gloom story like you and I do, Ella, we kind of just started talking each other's ears off and we didn't talk about our highlights at the start of the episode. So what's been your highlight of the week? Highlight for me would probably be just kicking some work goals. I asked, I was asked to be an MC of uh, an, a virtual event mm. for my work uh, earlier this week and I was incredibly daunted by it and I reluctantly said no uh, sorry reluctantly said yes um I wish I'd said no and I was put massively out of my comfort zone but I was really proud with how I did and I'm glad I just said yes and challenged myself um, because I got a lot of really great feedback and it makes me feel more confident about those sorts of things moving forward so I think that's a win that's awesome yeah thanks Rav what about you so my highlight is probably, have you heard of the intimate toy that Abby Chatfield has launched? I think I've heard. Is it the Vush or Vush? I don't really know how to pronounce it, but I, I have seen Yeah, it. that one. So I don't really know how to pronounce it either. And I think that's potentially the brand or company or I don't even know. like That she's like collaborating. Yeah, that she's like created it with them, right? And this toy has the craziest reviews. Like it's meant to be really, really good. So I'm going to test run it for everyone listening. All of our, look, I don't know if the dudes can use it. Maybe. I don't want to like say no, whatever you're into. (laughs) You do you, boo. Exactly. But I'm going to take one for the gals. No pun intended. So selfless, Rav. You're going <laughs> to test it out on yourself and report back. Yeah, I'll let you guys know if it's worth the $150. Stay tuned. Please do. I'm sure a few of our listeners will be interested to know. Looking forward to your review, Rav. <laughs> <laughs> we should make this a segment. Rav's reviews of, of just exclusively of sex toys. No, 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 no. Anything starting with an S, I'll give it a review. Oh, my God, yes. Let's yeah, do it. let's do it. All right. Particularly while we're in lockdown, I mean, that's all we've got to look forward to. Maybe we'll put a poll out. We'll see what the listeners think. Do we want Rav's reviews? Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Sad we didn't have B with us, but uh, I'm glad we got to delve a little deeper into why I'm so fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) No, it has been really nice chatting. And once again, thank you all so much for your support. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share our podcasts with all your friends. And we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye. Because no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. This is not attractive. <laughs> Just straddle the chair. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.